0: please guess, you probably won't guess, but was that the year you were born? A um, Couple of years after couple me. Couple of years after, and we got Maz in the background doing a little bit of singing with it, welcome Maz. <laughs> um, today's guest, um, not a group for, um, Retired player, I don't think you ever played in Group 4, did you? Um, played against Group 4 plenty no, of time?
1: Played um, under-18s at Inverell in okay. the Group 4 comp.
0: Yep, that's oh, um, okay. well, a long time ago. Yeah, it was um, a farewell me. My, my guest is Peter Stevens, known affectionately as Rolls. How do you get Rolls?
1: Um, Come back when sort of started high school at Wariata, Peter Lindsay um, was more through the cricket. We cricket training one day and he used to be Rolls and they started calling me Rolls Jr. And, yeah, I don't know why he must have been pretty ordinary cricket because I was. not He, um, yeah, so just sort of stuck.
0: A bit like the Ryan Ingram thing, how he gets rolls as well, like because he's a bit like you. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, probably he's probably got a bit more talent than <laughs> I did. So, yeah,
0: no, you You played. You played some decent level footy. You represented Group 19 for a few years. I remember playing a couple of games against you.
1: Yeah, played um Group 19 probably I don't know for a little while and then got a couple of runs in Northern Division and um, went to Brisbane. Um, after we won the comp '96 at Woori um through crusher Cleal with Bob Linder, and I played first grade up there okay. um, for a Didn't couple of that. years. Okay. Yeah, so.
0: And your you're young fellas up there now, are right? He's yeah. at Toowoomba. Toowoomba. Yeah.
1: Yep, he plays with Valley's at Toowoomba. Yep.
0: So yeah. So what what are we? Um, I mean, you've been an NRL development development officer. How many years were you in that role?
1: Um, I started with CRL back in 2000 late 2008. Um, I was with them and then NRL took over development so I was probably I don't know I just can't remember it was about 2011 or 12 or 13
0: yeah, so, so 2008 you started the yeah, development drive, into, yeah and you've only just started this new pathways one yeah well and, and the virus has come along and so you're in that for what, what would you say 2008 so 12 years doing yeah been
1: going like that 11-12 years now so yeah I was at sort of with CRL, with CRL NRL for yeah. 10 and a half years and been here for nearly 12 months.
0: Okay, and you're obviously living down here now. Was that part of the requirement of the job to live in Tamworth?
1: Um, it was. Um, first of all, when this job came out, um, I was lucky enough to get spoke to about it. They were more talking Group 21, um, but I sort of said no, and then I think the more they assessed the area and what they were trying to do, they thought Tamworth would be the hub, so yeah, yeah but it was a requirement to probably be trendy. here. Yeah.
0: Um, when when did you realise that rugby league was going to be your choice of employment, if that makes sense? Because I mean, what, what did you do before you got the CRL development role?
1: Um, I left school and, and an apprenticeship mechanic, on the Council. Um, probably always wanted to be a mechanic, but after four years of being at the council, I'm not doing a lot. <laughs> I absolutely hated mechanicin'. Um, Through footy, I worked in I worked at the abattoirs at Inverell. Um, I played up there for a couple of more years, and then. In '96, um, yeah, just thought I wanted to get out of Warrior And Crusher sort of, he was sort of looking somewhere around. And I was going to go to Toowoomba and play, try to crack the Clydesdale side back then. But then Bob Linder, somehow had been talking to Crusher, and they were looking for a hooker. And so I went and played at Brothers in Brisbane.
0: Okay, so you played some decent level.
1: Yeah, I only played. I probably only end up playing 25 or 30 games, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Port Moresby. We went you know, we went across and played there a couple of times and yeah, it was probably I was probably one of them blokes that were at that level was sort of in between reserve grade, first grade, but yeah. a couple of injuries helped me into first grade and um to be honest, Bob Linda coached me and he, he probably just I was pretty steady um speed wise but
0: you you're more of a defensive hooker, right? Yeah, like I was
1: fair. and just, you know, like I probably you know, yeah, I just I was probably through the not smart in the head, so he just liked how I played down short sides, yeah. and because I was a defensive hooker, yeah, yeah. I got he, he just sort of took a liking so How
0: did the CRL development come around then?
1: Started doing some casual work um, with Jamie McCormick, it was yes. with, he was oh, the CRL, yeah, he was um, the development officer at the time, and um, then he moved on and sort of fell into the role there. Mick was that, was that when
0: he, he went with the Titans? He,
1: he, no, he moved up to work with QRL, oh, okay. up at the coast, and then yeah. Yeah, he got yeah, the Titans job out yeah. of that.
0: So when, when, when did you make the decision um, that coaching was going to be, because I know the development, they sort of tie in with each other, but you, you started in the development and then you sort of moved into more coaching. But when, when did you decide that coaching, because you did a fair bit of captain coaching?
1: Yep. Um, so Mick, I honestly, I, my first coaching role was I was 17. I was playing under 18s at Inveril, Worried I couldn't get an under 14s coach. Um, and i just finished junior league at Wariola and the president at the time came and said to me if you start looking after this under 14 side um, I'll give you a big hand and um, I coached that same age group for three years and Glenn and us were the top side they were a good bunch of kids and probably from then on you know I thought yeah I really enjoyed it. Um, and as a kid growing up, I didn't live far from the rugby league field at yeah. Warrigal, so I don't think from when I was about eight, I don't think till I was about sixteen, I don't think I missed a training run at Warrigal. So I was, I was probably around rugby league fairly, and you know I used to get close enough to listen to all the coaches and the players. So yeah,
0: it's um, and you you would have seen some changes, you know, both in the players and the coaching over those years. Has your coaching style and methods changed a lot when you're from seventeen to? 49, um, I'll, heaps. Be polite, I'll be polite with the 49.
1: Yeah. Um, heaps Mick, um, the game's changed. Um, yes. I've probably been lucky to stay involved enough and be probably going watch enough to, to be able to change with it a little yeah. bit.
0: Um, if, with, with your development stuff and now with your pathway stuff, if you weren't doing that, do you think your coaching philosophies and strategies would be different? Do you think they've they molded you to a point?
1: Um, And don't get me wrong, I wasn't much of a player, but the way I played is probably the way I like sides to play. Um, Because I wasn't the fastest player, I was, you know, like probably what got me through was being able to count numbers and and I've I've always been massively on short side, so I still coach the same now. Um, And probably the thing that I have changed from is the old method of, you know, we'll work two or three to the right and we'll have this little shot at them. um, Yeah, I just... Yeah. Just let's I mean, just play footy the reason footy
0: I now. ask because I mean, I've been involved with the academy for probably a good 10 odd years now and I know over my time there's been little things you know, and I know like I'm 50 odd but I've still developed yeah. things long as I go and I've got no shame in saying that well, I think you're probably the best bush coach that I've seen um, with you know, with kids especially but with, even with grown men and I don't think there's too many that would match you in that department I know we joke about it every now and then you should have a cricket at the NRL but but I don't yeah. know. And again, I'm going to sound like a bit of a knob, but I don't think you're too far from that standard. But it's and what you've done for my coaching career, especially in the last, you yeah, know, probably two or three years, where I've been a little bit more involved with the, the academy with, you know, the 16s and 18s, but more so with the girls. Um, my my coaching is is totally well, I don't say totally different, but I look at the game a little bit differently, and that's yeah, purely because of your your influence. And I know we have some good banter every now and then, but you yeah, know, it's um. Yeah, you know, I can't speak highly enough of you as a coach and a mentor. And it's strange when you're older than somebody that yeah, that you're my mentor.
1: Yeah, it's pre- and a lot of blokes the same. You know, like we we share a lot of ideas, and you know, it's a matter of and probably what you have found because I'm real, just real big on the one percent stuff. Yes. You know, I don't I don't try to coach outside the box. Um, and I don't let my players or sides
0: move on until I think we're ready to move yeah, on. So, yeah.
1: if you can't do that stuff right. You'll win a lot of games of
0: footy on talent, but you'll lose the most important ones, I think. Well, I think with a lot of coaches, where they go go wrong, they're not themselves, they're not open to learn or or, um, take feedback from other coaches that have been around. I know, with the academy stuff, you know, um, know, with Halo, with the 16s, Tommy, the 18s, you know, and then Aaron with the the 23s. I know that's, he's coming this year and then me with the girls you know you're sort of the you know the, the cement that puts it all together but there is a lot of think tanking going on between all of us and, and everybody's willing to take a little bit away and take on board what they said and i think if you don't take that on and listen to other people even you know scott bone that's been you know in this this industry in this game for many many years when you listen to him talk about the game sometimes if people take on you know sometimes you know what he says is 100 right and you know, same with yourself. If you take it on, you look at the game that way, and you go, "Okay, I didn't see that, and then now I do." That's I think you, you've got to be open to learn yeah, I think as Mick, a coach.
1: I think Mick, the thing is, I know when I walk away from conversations, you think about it, and you think about probably the most important ingredient of the conversation. It comes back to the same thing, and it's the fundamentals. Yeah, you know, like every coach and every case <laughs> that goes good, I think is, you know, that's that's what basically what their coach is about. You, you, we've had
0: this conversation many times over our cups of coffees and it's still one of my big bugbears with junior league where coaches are so driven on winning and they don't understand if they teach the kids the fundamentals of the game, they're going to get that same result. Rather than just give the, little, the board a little Johnny to run around and score the try because he, he's quicker or bigger, teach everybody the same skills and get them better, they're going to get the same result yeah. right? and, everybody, and the game itself gets better.
1: There's one if I've got a, a bit of philosophy about it, um, and because I've run a fair few coaching courses the last ten years, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's coach the player on Tuesday, Thursday, let him play football on the weekend, yeah. and, I, and I probably learned that as a captain coach is You can't be the coach on Sunday. Yeah, you've got to let more, your team yeah. play. And, so, um, totally.
0: Under, a lot of coaches fall in the trap when they, especially when they first become captain coaches, is that um, on Sunday they're still trying to coach, and rather yeah. than. And look, sometimes you've got to have a really good manager, and let him run the side, yep. and you just play. And I think that's the best formula as a, a captain. coach Coaches have somebody on the bench that knows that he's not running out messages. Do you want this? Do you want that? We're going to do this. Just do it. Yep. Just get it done, and we'll deal with it later. Um, your first grade debut. Who was that for, and when was it? Um, Inverell in eighty eight. Eighty eight. How old were you? Um, eighteen. Eighteen. Just out was it first year out of eighteen. No, I'm
1: still playing eighteen's so at Inverell.
0: in yep, um, nope. Talk talk us um, through it like dear <coughs> Do you remember the, the pace of the game going from 18s to 1st grade? Or the, and, I, and I've said this a few times there, I, I don't think that it's any tougher in 18s to 1st grade, it's just a hell of a lot quicker.
1: Uh, my 1st grade debut was at Moree, um, pretty <laughs> red-hot side. You had the McGrady's and Ryan's and um, Troy Potts, had, um, the hooker and hooker at him had got hurt, done his hemi, and um, Rocky Laurie had sort of come on the Friday night and said, might need you to sit on the bench on the weekend, which at the time I was jumping out of my skin but probably just definitely wasn't ready for it and um, yeah, I got a start about 10 or 15 minutes in and I still remember Panda McGrady which I didn't know Panda that well now then but um, knew of him and um, yeah, slice through straight between me and someone else, run seventy and scored in the corner. Which you know, um, he's yeah, done that, that to plenty of people. That hasn't was it? that yeah. was me sort of. That, that's what I remember about the first yeah. grade. The Bill Morey touched us up. So, what was
0: it to so what you expected? Was it was it? No, up to
1: yeah, I, it you, I didn't have an expectation, Mick, yeah. but I definitely wasn't ready.
0: Yeah. Okay. But, like, you, okay. So you you personally don't think you were ready, or ah, uh, f- physically or mentally?
1: No, mentally. mentally. Um, sort of in 18s. I was probably sort of one of the leaders in our 80s. I played in a couple of real good sides, but yeah, stepping out there against the quality that was there, Mm -hmm. it took me a couple of years to get to that speed.
0: I know this will sound a bit weird, but it's it's pretty good for you to say that you don't think you're ready because most people probably wouldn't admit that they weren't ready. I know know it's, you know, what, 30 years ago or something now, but it's still, you know, to sit down and say, I wasn't ready, it's...
1: Yeah, I played dummy half and I just, like, I... Mate, that I was—I probably got sixty minutes in that day, and it, yeah. it felt like I was out there for seven or eight. <laughs> so I just—you just, know—I wasn't ready yeah. for it, Mick. To be honest.
0: Um, when did you retire?
1: Um, I played when I was forty-one. it uh, wasn't real good, but it was more around um, making the number at Warrigal. I still yeah. enjoyed it. And the last couple of years, not being selfish, was—I wasn't coaching. We got Chris Banford coming, coached at Warrigal, and the young bloke was um, going all right, 15-16 and um, I had a thing in the back of my head probably have a game with him, so. Done a heap of training for a couple of years and ended up playing seven or eight games with him in first grade, so, mm-hmm.
0: well, yeah, so you're, you're Obviously, you're happy when you retire?
1: Yeah, well, I was gonna play the next year, um, 2013, I was gonna play, um, got to the, uh, we're doing a bit of pre-season, and it was when we joined, Warrior and Binger had joined, and I was coaching the Guida side that year, um, and we'd done a tackle session, and that was probably four weeks before we were gonna start the comp, <laughs> and about four tackles in, yeah. I knew that I wasn't playing in 2013 when I was finishing.
0: Yeah, you kind of get the, the, the tap on the shoulder by the little voice in my head.
1: Yeah, it, um, definitely. It was time for me. And, and to be honest, I made a pretty good transition. I saw of, a couple of times I, when we were short of numbers or whatever, I got yeah. itchy. But to be honest, Mick, I've never really wanted to play since then. So. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I think some people know when it's time. Yeah. Mate, Um, over your, over your footy career as a um, development officer, we'll call it now, who, who's probably been the most talented player that you, oh no, it's a it's a big, big area because there's some been some fa- fantastic kids come through our academy system. Um,
1: one I had a lot to do with. I sort of, um, he never comes through our academy while I was here, but I had a lot to do with Wariola. He was very green. Never started playing. His Mitch Porter was. Yeah. He right. was. He was just a. Um, he was, was just a, a natural football natural he? football he was a natural athlete yeah. tried to play footy I um, think he's still in
0: Illawarra complex.
1: yeah he he West down there yeah. um, probably in my time through sure academy and I, after you spoke to me yesterday about doing this I started thinking about this one um,
0: how do you know I was going to ask because it's, it's not on my um, tip
1: list <laughs> mate it's just <laughs> I was thinking I wonder what he'll ask me tomorrow <laughs> to be honest one i really enjoyed coaching but probably injury while i did coaching was Hayden Lockery yeah. um, and the reason i really enjoyed him was he played the short sides how i wanted to do it and he could count numbers and he got he got from a to b real quick yeah. and um, yeah, I have seen a big transformation in um, Hayden in a couple of years. But mate, a, we've had, we've had some some good players come through sort of the area. And he's a good kid academy. too, Hayden.
0: So I'm actually going down to watch him. Him and Lincoln Smith are playing each other on Sunday. Yeah, he's playing with Lakes. And um, don't quote me on this one, people, but I I do believe through the sources that I have that they were looking at signing Hayden on a full time contract with the Knights. But because of his um, when I say respectfully, because he is injury prone, as we both know, he, they, they weren't prepared to take that risk. So yeah. I think if he, because he's only 22 now, 22 maybe, he would be, be at, 21, 22. So he's still got a chance if he gets a couple of good years with no injuries that he, he might still get picked up.
1: In saying that, Mick, not all the most talented kids that have come through have been my favourites. In the, not, I shouldn't say favourites, <laughs> but the kids that I've enjoyed coaching, I um you know, we've had some talented kids, but the ones that turn up every Sunday in the 40 degree heat, work hard, and then when they turn up to play, they give you what they've done at training, yeah. and I sort of, I sort of judge people I coach yeah. at training. If I know they're going to work hard at training, I know I don't have to worry about them coming day. Yeah.
0: Now, do do you think? I know we're back on the academy stuff a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, the whole academy process was put in a few years ago, so we could catch up to the Sydney kids, so to speak. Do you think that's happening? You, think, you know, um, I know this pod's not about me, but because I've, I've been country manager for seven years of the countryside, there's eight of those kids now. From the country regions playing NRL first grade, so for me, it's working, but slowly. I don't know. You know I don't know if we can speed the process up um, because you know city kids are so much different to country kids. Is in geographically, with travelling and stuff like that, and, and even just sometimes their mindset. You know, they'd rather go pink We're in a Sydney. You know, they might not have anything else to do with the to footy training. but. Do you think that the process is working? Is probably the, the question.
1: Yeah, definitely slowly. Um, especially the last four or five years, I reckon we've definitely closed the gap. Um, and that's, you know, there's a lot of things to it. The, the NRL side's getting on board, the resources that have been available um, to coaches out here, especially through the academy stuff. And um, probably the biggest problem with, you just said it about our kids, is them realising, yep, yeah, I'm going to go there, and they probably missed that first 18 months of the core body strength stuff, so they probably get beat there a little bit, but um, skill-wise and toughness, our kids are never behind, you know, the city kids, so yeah, we're definitely close the gap.
0: Do do you think that maybe the kids that go from here go down when they go to Sydney? Because in Sydney there's a lot more kids of a higher standard, so when they go here from here, there might only be that one kid that stands out in that particular era, and when he goes down to Sydney he's surrounded by... Every, you know, every second play is as good as him, that he struggles with that and that he's, you know, it's not as easy as he as it was and and they sort of probably learn that it's easy at home, it's going to be easy down here and it's not. Do you think that's a bit of a struggle? I, I It definitely
1: is. I think the struggle is going from training two nights a week here um, yeah. to going down there and being bashed four or five days a week yeah. and then have to turn around and do it Saturday and Sunday. I think that's the biggest, the, that's probably the one that we can't prepare him enough for. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mate, um, any regrets out of footy? No. no. no You're I've happy with everything you've yeah, achieved? Yeah, I've
1: met a lot of good people. Probably a couple of grand finals, we lost it as a coach, I, you know. Um, no, yeah.
0: How many grand finals have you won? Oh, I think it's six, Mick. Six, okay. Uh, give Matty Munro a ring, he's never won one. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Baker's never won one. So yeah, yeah, you've won six, that's good. Yeah, yeah. out of your long, yeah, what is it, 20, 30 year career. Mate, who's been your um, one of your biggest influences on your footy career?
1: Um I've always thought um, I was real lucky before I actually took a captain coach job in a senior role. I had three blokes that played for Australia to coach me. Um, who, who mate, they? Noel Cleal, um, Bob Linder, and who was the I was only thinking about this the other day. I had Crusher, Noel.
0: Not not many people in the bush would have that.
1: No, I forget no, I definitely, and, um so I had I had them three blokes and then I had blokes like probably my best mentor was David Jurd at Warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and my under eighteens coach, which was Russell Williamson, he was a great coach for me. Um, you don't know Russell? You no, know, he, he played at him well and he coached us. We we got beat in our, my first year eighteens and then we won the second year, but he was he was just a real good sort of yeah, he, was, he was a good mentor to me yeah. sort of, and I spoke to Russell when I first started coaching because I was playing 18s so under him I started coaching that junior league side so you know he offered a lot of sport but yeah I, you know like David Jurd we always catch up
0: and talk
1: footy and all that sort of stuff so
0: it's um, greatest memory um, oh,
1: football wise definitely the 96 grand final about yeah. Um I was captain of the side got man of the match so but not it was just um, Warrior had played second division for a while and they took the big punt to go back into first division and um, two years in we won it. And they were, we we're only a young mob of blokes. and yeah. It was a pretty good side, even, you know. Yeah,
0: we, we, it was a real good side, but it was a good memory. And um, Playing with a young fella would have been a memory.
1: Yeah, that was good. It rated, um, you know, sort of. I was running second to him at the time, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, he, um, it was good, but yeah, like any of the, you know, ladies you know, you win grand finals. You know, whether you're coaching or playing, yeah. it's, it's a good memory. It's a good
0: memory, mate. Now, changes in the game, you've seen quite a few, uh, are you, you know, and I won't blanket it like I with most people, but are you happy where the game's come from to where it is is at the moment and where it's possibly heading?
1: To be honest, Mick, I liked the game 15 years ago, and I like <laughs> the game still. Um, yep, okay, good answer. In um, the sense of they are never going to get a chance to make the rules, so yeah. we've just got to, you know, like if I'm going to keep doing what I do, I've just got to stay in touch with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I enjoy the game. I, I reckon, go back a couple of years ago, I reckon the block, the block play, that especially when we watch the NRL sides, probably become a little bit monotonous. Yeah. But I think, um, just watching this year, maybe at the back end of last year, you know, our halves never started yeah. to dominate a bit more. So I mean,
0: it's very dangerous. Well, Very silly, probably more to the point when you start comparing, <coughs> excuse me, comparing areas. And I know every, <coughs> every now and then I watch an old NRL game on, on, you know, with Pete Sterling and me and Brett Kenny and how much the game's changed from there to there. And they're both exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, my my only bugbear with the game, sometimes I think, um, even at the NRL level, it's a little bit overcoached. You know, give them the ball and let them play a little yeah. bit. You know, but, mate, um, influence in your life. Who, who's been, you know, your biggest influence in your life? Yeah,
1: that's a good one, eh, probably you know, my family. Yeah,
0: well, now, I know we won't touch too much on it, your brother you know, passed away a couple of years ago. He would have been massive.
1: Yeah, I, it was um, one of them ones that, yeah, we used to talk footy
0: all the time, so yeah.
1: it, it's a tough one.
0: Good man. Um, if you weren't playing league, what else would you be doing?
1: I would have had a crack at cricket. I was probably a better cricketer than I was a footballer, to be were, honest. Were you uh, leggy? or? Nah, a... I, was a, I was a better wicket-keeper. Wasn't real good. Um, wicket keeper. Yeah, um, I used to
0: love wicket Cooper.
1: Yeah, I was, I was. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon
0: you would have been a bit like you were at footy. You would have been just nipping yeah, away. Yeah,
1: I, I was pretty good at that behind the stumps. Um, I like it. I like a lot of fun. Bander. Um, yeah, I would have. Yeah, I. I probably had an opportunity to go to Sydney. Okay. Um, to play a bit of cricket when I was about seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, I never. I took my cricket serious, but not that serious. Not
0: serious. Do you? Do you, do you think if you took it serious, you could have went with it? I uh, would have been
1: one of them ones. I would have got, you know, the old story about water finders level. It would have been me. I would have found it pretty quick. Nick.
0: Fair enough, mates. We um, got a funny footy story for us. Uh,
1: um, yeah, this is you. This, I'll, I'll tell this one, and it comes to mind straight away. A lot of people around here know Brad Smith. Um, so, <laughs> Kramer. Uh, we had a lot of good times together when we were at Warrior coaching and playing, and. Um, We'd been to Musselbrook this time for a, a pre, it was the pre-season comp, I forget what it was called. And anyway, we took a car we got back to Manila. I won't bore people, we got back to Manila and the, the, uh, the when they, you know, the thing they have at Manila with the, they fly in the air. The oh, hand glider. Hand glider's um, rule, yeah, so we pulled probably. up at Manila and we had a few at Manila and by the, we got back to Wariada and Kramer was in, I hope mum and dad not listening, he was in there. Like new statesman, <laughs> and we'd had a heap at the pub. And, I know the story. <laughs> Kramer, Kramer's got in the car, and we're parked in there beside the butchers at Warrigalda, and he's looking over his left shoulder, looking backwards, and put it in drive in Florida and we've gone straight through the fence. It was just, <laughs> it was just one of them. But the whole day was a, it was a massive. Yeah, because he was a wild man, Kramer, he was a great very, bloke. Yeah, he, um,
0: I think he's probably one of the funniest footballers I know, and have played with. his and obviously I had the obvious nickname of Kramer because when he, when he had a few, he was he was Kramer. He, yes. was,
1: he, he was a funny man, uh, but I can tell you um, he was probably one of the better players at
0: Well, you, uh, you know, he was 100. in Sydney um, and I think you know, my, my sources of information are pretty good. He, he come back to the bush when he got dropped for Wayne Bartram in, uh, when St George made the grand final. Yeah. Away. Yeah. And it was a Brian Smith. Yeah, he was Not coached. coach and dropped yeah. him from the, the grand final side. And again, don't quote me, but I think I'm fairly... Filly on the ball. Yeah. Now tell us something about you that people wouldn't know. Um uh, I mean I didn't know you were a mechanic. Yeah, well, I know I was you know. a
1: mechanic. I no I wasn't yeah, I had done the the trade, but I wasn't a mechanic, Mick. Um <laughs> yeah, probably. Um for a long time we, we had trotting horses and got into okay. that pretty well. It, it was
0: I, I know you like a punt, but I didn't know you have you no, seen so so we, we had
1: trotters for ages. I had to go up training, you know, on a you know, like, and we won a few races around here for over this yeah. man for a few years, and
0: you well, probably I really needed enjoyed when You that. had to do laps at the footy. What's that? You probably needed those, and you needed to do laps at the footy. Well, it's
1: funny at the showground at even real, the horses used to do a lot there. That's why I done a lot of my training around oh, okay. the, that um, eight hundred metre track, Not just chasing, finished, chasing the horses because uh, you couldn't, couldn't yeah, harness them. Mate, Some of them. That's our slow though were. I caught a <laughs> couple of them.
0: Mate, who was your, your footy idol when you were growing up?
1: Um, I used to love Steve Mortimer as a yeah, player. Okay. Um. Yep. Yeah, and I probably the first coach I started idolising was Warren Ryan. Yep. So um, you know, it, it was around that time. But yeah, I used to love Steve Mortimer. Sports idol growing up. Roger Federer as one.
0: Okay. Um, he, he's, he's been mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, I really like him. Fan Express.
1: Um, yeah, he was probably. Yeah, I just. I don't. I like watching tennis and. He, I, I just reckon he was a champion.
0: Okay. Now we've got um, three questions where you, 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 know, you can take a bit of time, then there's five where you don't get time to answer. We you finish yep. off with OK. If you are Prime Minister for a day, what would you change?
1: Um, how much money development officers get you paid?
0: to <laughs> well, You're doing all right. You've got free rent, <laughs> yeah. free, free car, free farm. Yeah.
1: Um, you're was, on about 120000 Yeah, I wouldn't get out of bed for that, Mick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's... To be honest, he can have his job, you know, like yeah, the last four or five years of you know, drought into fires, into mm, this. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm flat out getting up and deciding what pair of socks to wear, so I'll let yeah, him have his job.
0: Yeah, mate, um, if you won a million dollars, what would you do with it?
1: I'd definitely go back and buy a couple of horses, definitely, <laughs> um, and probably let someone that could train, train them.
0: Train them, okay. Yeah. Mate, who's, over all years, he has been the biggest pest
1: as, as, a, as a footy uh, player? In the football? I've had a few, eh? Um, Cooper Harris in the, in the later years.
0: Kobe C- Bone, it'd have to be. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. I, I could, over the last four or five years, there's a, them crop of kids that come through sort of together. There were some good ones and I reckon that I've matched them, you know, but Dan Kelly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, that sort of... Real good kids, eh? I can, but, yeah, real good fun to hang around. Yeah.
0: All right, now... We're done on these five, so you're not allowed to think. you just yep. got to go, and some of them you might have to have just have we'll a quick, well, wow. mate, uh, beer or bourbon? Uh, beer. Blonde or brunette? Brunette. Uh, pie or can of Coke? Or, b- or a beer and a steak at the footy?
1: Doesn't worry, we make it drink.
0: <laughs> Celebrity crush?
1: Ah, uh, jeez. Yeah, I don't
0: know their names. No, you um, just, just look at the pictures? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and favourite superhero? Oh, Batman! Batman, mate. Thanks for being on the on the cast, yep. and uh, much appreciated for you to open up what you did. And um, and again, it's just so people see the different side of Peter the Rolls Stevens. Thanks, Thanks mate. Mick.